Welcome to Strike Deck Radio, a podcast focused on customer success and the leaders who are implementing best practices in our field. This podcast is brought to you by Strike Deck, a Medallia company. Strike Deck is a customer success automation platform that helps CSMs effectively manage their customer relationships. This podcast is also brought to you by the Success League, a consulting and training firm focused on developing top performing customer success programs. My name is Kristen Hayer, and I'm the host of Strike Deck Radio and the founder and CEO of the Success League. Joining me today is Heather Matthews, Managing Director and Head of Core Platforms for Agio. She and her team have worked really hard to drive strong communication across her group, both internally and externally. And we're going to be talking about the tactics she has used to instill strong communication skills across the group. Welcome to the show, Heather. Hi, Kristen. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So I know you're not in customer success specifically anymore, but you went through that as a part of your career journey. Can you tell us a little bit more about that journey and how you ended up in success? Sure. So throughout my career, I've always really worked closely with customers, whether it was running account management teams, building out uh, customer success teams, customer success frameworks. Really, regardless of the specific role over the years, I've always been driven to improve the customer experience and build loyalty across my customer base. That's great. Tell us a little bit more about Agio and how the CS team is structured there. Sure, so Agio is a managed service provider for IT and cybersecurity. Uh, it's our vision to empower our clients with secure, reliable, and resilient information systems. So this means we take a proactive approach to getting ahead of potential issues. So our intent is really to predict and prevent not just to react when there are problems. Um, and at Agio, we believe that every role across the organization has a thread of customer success running through it. We are all super dedicated to the customer experience. That is great. <laughs> yes, yes it is. Um, but we actually do have a customer success team. Um, they're very multifaceted individuals because uh, uh -huh. really they are the main point of contact for the customer. They advocate for them across various services, whether that's IT or cybersecurity. They have okay. to be super well-versed technically, and they use data as much as possible to drive their action. Yeah, they're an amazing group, and they show up each day committed to building customer loyalty and trust, for sure. That's awesome. Um, we're going to be talking about communication and how communication ties into customer success today. As you and I were getting ready for this interview, you mentioned that strong communication is really a pillar of Agio and their customer success framework. Why do you think communication is so important? When there's a lack of communication, we tend to create our own narrative, and it's typically not a good one. Actually, communicate fearlessly to build trust and speak up are two of our core values at Agio. And okay. we talk about the community, sorry, communicate fearlessly to build trust and speak up are two of our core values at Agio. And we talk about the need to communicate to illuminate. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, um, with, and I would say now with so much uncertainty in our day-to-day -day lives, we really need to communicate better than ever. So, I mean, obviously communication with customers not only builds relationships, but it's essential in setting expectations and really inspires a feeling of confidence and peace of mind. So at Agio, we actually have the phrase, we've got you covered. And that mm -hmm. phrase encompasses the feeling we want each and every customer to have. 
Yeah, that's great. And, um, you know, I think right now during COVID, especially this has created such a need for even more communication than we've ever needed before (laughs) because everyone's sitting at home and they're like, I need to know what's going on. And you can't just really, you know, lean on the things that you used to lean on for communication. It's had to be stepped up. Yeah, absolutely. And actually at Agio, we've incorporated a few communication frameworks to ensure strong communication is just a natural habit at Agio. Um, and I'll tell you a little about a little bit about two of those frameworks. One of them is coined the three C's, and it focuses on the initiation of a support ticket. Uh-huh. Communication is particularly important from a support aspect. The absolute last thing we want is for a customer to reach out for help and get the feeling like their support ticket ended up in a black hole. Yeah, we've all been there, and it does not feel good, right? No. And from an IT perspective, it's super easy to dive right in heads down and start working to find a solution to help the customer, but none of it matters if we're not communicating our plan or our effort with them, right? Um, So the three C's are clock, clarify, and commit. So clock, we make sure that we acknowledge their requests for support in a timely manner, and this immediately diffuses the black hole theory. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Clarify the issue. So this is not only to ensure we understand the problem, but also the urgency as well. Mm -hmm. And then the third C, which is commit, is to really commit to the customer when you will be getting back to them and deliver on that commitment, Mm -hmm. even if it's just to tell them that we're still working on the resolving their issue. Yeah. I think that's something that I see get dropped a lot is that last piece, the commit piece. And it's, you know, it's not enough, I don't think, to just say, hey, you know, we're on it and we'll get back to you when we have it resolved, especially if it's something that's going to drag on for several days or weeks. Um, you actually have to have touch points in between so that customers don't think that what they initially thought was that their ticket didn't go into a black hole is, in fact, true. <laughs> yep, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The more communication, the better, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, that's then the, great. Yeah. And then the other uh, communication framework we've implemented um, are the three W's. Apparently, we like things in threes at Agio. Um, but the three W's are what happened, what's been done, and what's next. And okay. this is kind of an interesting framework. So, you know, we, we definitely use this in a client-facing situation, but we also use it across the organization when we speak to our colleagues as well. Um, I actually even start started using it at home. It's a little wild, but um, essentially, you know, we start off with, with what happened, similar to clarify. It's about ensuring that there's a fundamental understanding of the issue or the question, and there's alignment on the impact or urgency. And then what's been done. So this provides reassurance that steps have been taken to address their issue. And then finally, what's next is really setting the expectation with the client. So mm-hmm. what, what happens from here? Are we assigning the ticket to another team uh, or another member for additional expertise? Are we still working on the problem and we'll get back to them in two hours? Are we reaching out to a vendor? This last W is by far the most important. And the one that if, if it's forgotten will typically come back to bite you. Because um, yeah. really without it, we're leaving the customer hanging. And again, allowing them to create their own narrative. No good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to explore with you how these things sort of play out in action inside your company. So let's start from the top and talk about hiring. How do you make sure that you hire people who come to the table with great communication skills? Great question. 
because really the general interview process, the tried and true for so long, <laughs> is really focuses on verbal communication. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, we look for things like the ability to articulate uh, concisely, professionally, and still have the ability to be personable. But, you know, we really need to evaluate written communication as well, because mm -hmm. with more and more of our communication happening with the use of some sort of keyboard, it's essential yeah. that we can write well, right? So um, I, and I'm not expecting everyone to come to the table uh, able to write a novel, but they should be able to write in a manner that really echoes their verbal skills. Mm -hmm. um, so we actually, have, we've incorporated a role-specific writing sample into our interview process. So it's targeted for client-facing communication. Uh, example is, you know, if we were interviewing a candidate for a position in an end-user support role, we would ask them to walk somebody through resetting their password via email. So the expectation is that it's clear, concise, and we also expect grammatically correct. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, and then I would also say too, like, you know, as it relates to communication, um, we have a pretty firm rule around steering clear of the whole brilliant jerk situation, yeah. uh, regardless of how skilled they are technically. Right. That's an important one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no jerks. Um, no jerks. No jerks. Yeah. Um, so when we were first talking, um, you mentioned that you have an onboarding program for new employees called the Art of Service. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Sure, sure. So at Agio, we strive to deliver exceptional service and we talk about it endlessly. But what we actually learned was that the definition of exceptional service can vary from person to person. So the Art of Service is a course that we created and folded into our onboarding curriculum for all new hires at Agio. And it really clearly defines our expectations around what exceptional service looks like. Okay. Yeah. So it outlines our commitment to our customers with detailed examples of great service versus mediocre service. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's a very deliberate way of level setting and enabling our employees to be successful out of the gate. How, how much of your onboarding training does that eat up? Is that like a one short hour or is that kind of a longer um, series of sessions or how, what does that look like? So yeah, so the art of service is just one of several courses that we have as part of our new hire onboarding. So any new hire that starts at Agio goes through a two week boot camp essentially okay. um, in our Agio Academy. So really the, the intent is to get, you know, every, every person onboarded with the same standard of knowledge. So, yeah. you know, you're not shoulder surfing, learning how to, <laughs> to navigate certain tools or, or, or the organization overall. I haven't heard it called shoulder surfing before. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm totally stealing that. <laughs> you're welcome to it. You're welcome to it. <laughs> so some of the core content around, um, for the art of service is around creating a discipline for exceptional service. So we really stress the importance of having a strong attention to detail. Uh, we talk about, uh, you know, tools on how to improve effective listening skills. Mm -hmm. We talk about why being proactive is core to our commitment, uh, why we always have to have our customers' best interest at heart. Mm -hmm. And finally, we really dive into how to navigate difficult conversations. Um, and this is particularly important in the world of IT and cybersecurity because difficult conversations come up a lot, right? Outages yeah. happen, things break, companies get hacked, unfortunately, and tempers yeah. can escalate quickly. 
So there's definitely an art to keeping cool and focusing on the issue at hand while still remaining empathetic. Um, yeah. Yeah. And we also coach on the importance of accountability and the need to speak up quickly. So we know no one is perfect. Mistakes are going to happen from time to time, but it's mm -hmm. how you handle those mistakes that makes all the difference, right? So yeah. holding on to bad information is never a good idea. Like it's not like wine. It's never going to get better with age. Yeah. So <laughs> speak up quickly. Yeah. I like that analogy. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, honestly, the art of service is really never a finished product. So it is something we introduce on onboarding, but it's actually something that we coach on a regular basis, even for seasoned employees. So we really work to arm our teams with as many uh, tips and tools and tricks uh, to help them elevate the standard of communication and still remain authentic. Yeah. I love it. Um, so I know, you know, in addition to the training and the people, there's some tools that you're using um, as well. What what are those tools that you're using right now to make sure that you're listening to your customers? Yeah, so we, ha we have a few. Um, so we really do try to gather as much feedback um, from our customers as possible. So um, I'll start off with, with one that we use around um, customer satisfaction surveys. So upon case closure, um, we gather a transactional level data. So the question is roughly, you know, on a scale from zero to 10, how would you rate your experience on this particular case? Got it. Uh, so anything less than an eight, we have an automated text notification that goes out to all of our customer success managers, delivery managers, and our exec team. So when a text like this comes in, it initiates action. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. So out of the gate, the CSM will call the customer within one hour. First, mm -hmm. just to validate the fact that they've been heard. And secondly, to understand what's been happened and where was the breakdown? Where could yeah. we have done better? Right. And then all of this information is documented and then we use it for coaching or, you know, process improvement. Um, and it's, it's actually worked really well. I mean, some people will say, are you sure it's the right thing to do to call a customer that's upset within an hour? Just taking the time to reach out to the customer really does close the loop on the feedback and mm -hmm. normally results in turning their sentiment around. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think people do get really nervous about doing that because it can be a difficult conversation, but it also tells your customer that you're in fact listening to them. Absolutely. And that's always better than not. <laughs> for sure. So, for sure. Yeah. So um, what other tools do you have in place? Yeah. So we've also implemented machine learning to help us bubble up negative sentiment on inbound communication from our customers on the case level. So trigger words or phrases are used to analyze the tone of the email, pulling out things like what's the status, this is urgent, or I need an update. So those emails are not just tagged and monitored, but they actually bubble up the case to ensure that it gets the intention that it needs. These are just a couple of tools that help us to make sure we stay on top of what our customers are saying and how they feel. Mm -hmm. uh, they give us the ability to act quickly and diffuse the situation, which I think this is really important because acting quickly and diffusing the situation, even if it just helps a little bit, it's better than ignoring it because otherwise you're going to allow it to sit and that negative energy is going to fester and grow over time. Yeah, absolutely. Before we continue with the rest of the interview, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. If you like Strike Deck Radio, I'd like to introduce you to my new podcast, Reading for Success. 
Reading for Success is a short weekly podcast where I review books and articles on customer success leadership, break them down for you, and help you figure out whether or not they are worth your time. We will also be featuring author interviews from time to time. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many of the other podcast platforms. I hope you'll join me for Reading for Success. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know I love data. If you want to create a data-driven customer success program, StrikeDeck's Pro Guide to Customer Success is a report based on a preliminary study of 5,600 CS professionals from nearly 600 companies. It highlights the scope of customer success and offers valuable data points to help CS professionals enhance their initiatives. Get access to it now and let data drive your decision making. We'll add the link in the description of this podcast. And now back to today's episode. So Heather, when when customers have a problem, what is your communication approach? So when customers have problems or respond with a detractor net promoter score, Mm -hmm. or we consider them to be at risk, we typically will kick off a coordinated playbook. So the first thing that we're going to do is pick up the phone and schedule a meeting with the customer. Um, During that meeting, we talk through their issues in detail, and then we collaborate on an action plan. And then after that, we meet internally and put together kind of a focus team or SWAT team that's going to work through that action plan and identify the steps and ownership and timeline associated with it. Um, And then once we've done that and the, the action plan is essentially in play, we actually follow up with the customer every day with a email um, and status updates on each one of those items. And of course we do that in a three W format. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also assign an exec sponsor to okay. the, to the action plan. So their role is just to make sure that they're checking in with the customer and that we are making progress. Got it. So, okay. You mentioned that your leadership team jumps in when there are poor CSAT scores. This is amazing, but how did you get them on board to do that? So at Agio, we carve our organizational goals into three areas, growth, employee engagement, and loyalty, customer loyalty, that is. And the philosophy is that all three influence each other and are really necessary to achieve balance and success. Think of it like a three-legged stool. Yeah. Think of it like a three-legged stool. Okay. So, yeah. So this means that customer loyalty has focus from the CEO down, which is super, super important. And our CEO is dedicated to continuously improving the customer experience and has really worked hard to embed into our culture as an organization. Got it. So just to kind of bring this back around to our audience a little bit, What would you suggest to a CS leader if they know they need to improve the communication skills on their team and they're maybe not sure where to start? So number one is to commit to it. Really commit to focusing on improving communication and evolving it over time. Strong communication is a skill and it really needs to be practiced and refined. Number two, empower your team with a communication framework that really aligns with your promise to your customers. Just make the framework deliberate, standardized, and make sure that you teach it to the team. This takes away the guesswork and enables your team to be successful. Okay. 
Um, so last question, and this is something that we ask all of our guests on the podcast. Um, what do you see as the biggest trend in customer success right now and why? Our customers are evolving every minute, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, along with their expectations. They yeah. want things faster, easier. And when it comes to IT and cybersecurity issues, they don't want it at all. So in order to keep up, we need to leverage data and AI to learn more about the customer, their habits, their frustrations, their repeated problems, and then use this data to better predict and anticipate behavior and outcomes in the future. So I think really the more we can predict and anticipate, the more value that we can demonstrate through proactive measures. I mean, what's better than a problem that never even materialized, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I I think... B2C companies have been doing this really, really well for a while. And B2B companies are just kind of starting to catch up. But, you know, I think about the experiences that I have with, let's say, ordering groceries on Amazon. Amazon anticipates that I might have forgotten something. And before I check out, there's a whole list of stuff that I've bought frequently in the past that is presented to me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I was going to get strawberries. And they're like, they're brilliant because then I don't have to go, oh, shoot, strawberries, and like try to add them to my order. They just kind of proactively caught that for me. (laughs) So, you know, I think the more we can kind of start to think that way in B2B, um, the better experiences we'll be creating for our customers because they, um, I mean, they're all consumers too in their regular lives outside of work. And so, B2C is setting this bar really high for all of us. And we do start have to start kind of thinking about how do we how do we meet that? Absolutely. So Heather, thanks so much for being a part of the podcast today and for sharing your ideas and perspectives on communication. I know that our audience really appreciates practical advice and I, I appreciate what you shared. So thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me, Kristen. It was great being here. And if anybody wants to get in touch with me or talk further, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Great. I also want to thank our sponsors, Strike Deck and the Success League. To learn more about Strike Deck, you can visit strikedeck.com and follow Strike Deck on LinkedIn or at Strike Deck on Twitter. To find out more about the Success League, please visit our website, thesuccessleague.io, and follow the Success League on LinkedIn or at TSL Customers on Twitter. To get all of the latest episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, anywhere else you get your podcasts. And finally, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time. 